Welcome to the Soul Summit Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Levesque. I'm here to bridge the gap for women in the outdoors, build a community of adventure junkies, and roll out your weekly dose of positive vibes. With almost two decades in the health and fitness world and an untamable passion for hunting and the outdoors, my mission is to help you live a bucket list life and move boldly in the direction of your dreams. Meet us here weekly as I connect with like-minded men and women to discuss health and mindset, accountability, life and entrepreneurship, as well as all things hunting and epic untold stories. Amazing support of some incredible companies. Let's take a word from today's sponsors. state-of-the-art machinery and an unwavering commitment to quality, Bagara has become the barrel source of numerous top-tier gun manufacturers in both Europe and the United States. Bagara is producing a full line of precision firearms engineered and built to showcase the performance capabilities of their world-class barrels. At their core, Bagara believes that a precision firearm requires not only the best components, but also an assembly process that is carried out by individuals who are the best of the best at their craft. Whether you're a backcountry hunter and want a rifle that doesn't compromise accuracy for weight, a long range competition shooter, or just looking to get started with your first rifle, Bagara has something for everyone. Head to bagara.online.com to take a look now. That's B-E-R-G-A-R-A dot O-N-L-I-N-E dot com. your skin, clothing, and gear. Protect yourself and your loved ones from disease-carrying ticks and mosquitoes before your next adventure. Whether you're an expecting mother or using around your favorite four-legged friends, Sawyer has an insect repellent option to keep you protected. In fact, a 2017 study found by treating your boots and socks alone with permethrin, you can reduce your chances of a tick bite by 73.6%. Don't wait until it's too late. Head to Sawyer.com to take a look at their entire line of products. That's Sawyer.com. Something everyone can be a part of. That's why we're focused on making our fields a welcome place for everyone. See how at HuntTheGreatestSD.com, where you can hear stories from sportswomen and learn what makes South Dakota the world's pheasant capital. While you're there, check out public land maps, hunting blogs, and season information for one unforgettable fall. Learn more at HuntTheGreatestSD.com. Well, hello again. You are listening in to another episode of the Soul Summit Podcast. And today I am talking to you by myself about all things social media. So we have no guest on today's episode, but I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about how to use social media effectively, whether you are using it for uh, maybe a business that you're running, or maybe you're running social media for a business. Uh, Maybe you're creator 
here, or maybe you're just somebody using it socially, sharing with friends and family, etc. So no matter what you're using it for, if you are on social media, you should be able to tune into this episode today and find some good tips on how to increase your engagement. So getting um, likes and follows, but more so focused on building engagement by way of conversation, by learning more about the people in your circle, whether again, you're using that for business and these are potential future customers or clients, or if these are just friends and family. Um, I know a lot of people in my circle use social media for connecting with other people, especially here in the outdoor and hunting community. It's nice to be able to, no matter where you are, what state, what part of the country, what part of the world, connect with other people that share your same passions. So social media can be a really good outlet for connecting and making new friends. And uh, certainly something that I feel like a lot of my community members and followers are doing is just using that to learn more, maybe be inspired to go and do some things that they're watching online. But no matter what, this episode will be insightful for you. And I think if you're really wanting to like many people are, figure out a way to like understand the new algorithms that are rolling out and evolving constantly. This can be helpful because there are so many things that I've learned in the last few weeks, um, specifically from losing access to my Facebook and Instagram accounts. Um, If you've been following along on social media or if you listen to episode 95, where I said what's coming next, I've been talking about how I woke up one day and basically my Instagram had been shut down. The next day I got on and Facebook was shut down. So it's been a little bit crazy trying to understand like why that happened. I was suspended for uh, breaking community guidelines of which uh, I fought, but I never did anything that really broke those guidelines. In fact, I went back and read word for word every part of the community guidelines and terms of service. And, you know, I think if you are somebody that pays much attention, you can understand pretty easily that social media is always evolving. There's new features coming out, new tools that you can use, and the algorithms seem to be changing continually. In fact, there were some changes that happened in 2020, as well as 21. And then again, in 22, they have been rolling out some new changes as as far as how you're seeing your feeds. Um, And those things play directly into the algorithm. And for many people, whether you have a business creator, personal account, I've been hearing a lot of buzz about engagement being low. And that is something that is not make up or may believe. It's definitely happening. And engagement rates are incredibly low. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that Over time, social media became a very monetized uh, tool. So Instagram, of course, Facebook, of course, they want to make money on their platforms. And so they do that by keeping people on their platforms longer and by selling ads or advertisement to different companies. And it's crazy to think about, but I don't know if you've watched. Hopefully you have. If not, I encourage you to do so. Watch Social Dilemma. And I believe that came out in 2020. Um, And it talked all about the ins and outs of social media and how it works. And to be quite honest with you, it's a little bit scary when you stop and think about the fact that we have put ourselves online. And whether you have a private account or not, the platforms, i.e. Meta, i.e. 
Instagram, um, Twitter, whatever you're on, Snapchat, they are learning about you all the time. They're storing your information, your searches, your likes, accounts you interact with, private messages. They're constantly keeping tabs on the things that you're doing, and they're trying to figure out how we work. So my phone is constantly looking, listening, feeling, and that's why a lot of times the things that you're getting um, fed to, whether that's through marketing and ads, or if that's through uh, suggested friends online, those things are coming because they're watching what you're doing and trying to learn more about you. While this can be a really good feature for maybe getting more of the things you like, for example, if you want to go backpacking and, and you're new to it, so you start looking up things about backpacking online, pretty soon over time, your feed is going to be a little bit more catered to backpacking. Well, one of the most recent changes that happened uh, on Instagram was they said that we're no longer going to bring you your feed based on the people you follow, and we're not going to give you their content in chronological order. We're just going to start feeding you content that seems to be the most engaged. And that's why I think engagement rates have been low, because it's pretty hit or miss if your content gets a lot of traction. And what I mean by traction is engagement. So things like likes, follows, saves, shares, direct messages, or clicks, things that come from your piece of content. So say you put out a post and it doesn't do very well. That piece of content then is not going to go very high up on the algorithm. So within the first few minutes, what happens after putting out a post is the social media algorithm platform that you're on will say, is this content worth sharing. If it's not worth sharing, then you will see a really drop a big dip in your engagement. So if you put out that same piece of content, and it starts to get a little bit of traction, people are liking it, people are saving it, maybe somebody shared it in their stories, it goes, okay, maybe this is good. Let's send this out to another batch of people, maybe that's 0.05% of your following or your your explore page. So you're going to get a little bit more traction if that does well, it boosts it again, and it goes again. And so that's a little bit of how the algorithm rhythm works. And so if you're not getting that initial traction, you can lose overall engagement of that piece. Because again, your content isn't going to necessarily the people that follow you. In fact, it's going to maybe 1% of your followers. So if you are, you know, say you have 10,000 followers, you're getting a really, really low number of people that are actually seeing that. And that's another reason why sometimes you have to feel like you're putting out a lot of the same information. Say you are a business and you're launching a sale, putting out one post that talks about that sale probably won't give you the return that you're looking for. Now, you might also ask, could you use ads? Say you have a sale and you're either a a personal brand or you're a business and you've got some swag coming out that you want to sell. Should you use ads? Can you use ads to promote your page or your sales? You can, but here's what I see a lot of times happen is once you pay to play, the social media platform recognizes that, hey, they're willing to spend a little bit of money to have ads, will start to reduce their engagement, comments, follows, likes, etc., until they pay again, and then we will slowly boost them up. Now, if you've never paid for an ad, um, that's fine. 
But I think what happens a lot of times, again, when you do start paying for them is your overall engagement is reduced until you continue to pay for the ads. This is just what I've seen in working some of of my partners. Um, I do freelance marketing for outdoor companies and I see that with them. I've seen that with my own business and with my personal brand as well. So those are things to keep in mind if you are like wanting to dabble in boosting a post or paying for an ad, I would really consider if it's something that you wanna do long-term or not. Um, Also, something that's been going around lately is this buzz about getting shadow banned. And what I'm seeing is there's a lot of reasons for getting shadow banned. And they t- if you do research online, you can see a lot of these things. They're talking about things like using banned hashtags or using too many hashtags. Sometimes it can even be using repetitive hashtags. So this can be a situation where, I mean, shoot, there's hashtag happy Thanksgiving, which is on a banned hashtag list. So it's things that you can be doing that you just simply aren't aware um, that was put on a watch list. So hashtags can get banned because either the Instagram or social media platform thinks that it is a bot or a spam account, which sometimes spam accounts do take over specific hashtags and using something like that in your own personal or business uh, social media can get you a a ding, so to speak, um, and, and make the platform think that you are potentially spam or potentially a bot and that will reduce your exposure with a shadow ban. So shadow bans are something where all of a sudden you're posting and there's just no engagement. Your page is pretty much gone stale. What you don't know and what they don't have to tell you is that your page is shadow banned. There's no announcement. There's no notification. You're just simply not being shared. Your content is not getting put into the feeds. So again, that can happen because of how you're commenting how you're using hashtags. It can also be if you're putting out a lot of the same response comments. So if you are getting into a post or you're going around to other people's content and you're posting pretty much the same emojis or the same, you know, content, the same comments, uh, you're going to basically look to the social media platform like you are a bot and that puts you on the no-no list. So don't do that. Um, Also, follow the rules, guys. If you are talking about killing, murdering, I mean, bodily harm, if you're making harassments, you can't do those things, even in the DMs, you guys. So sometimes people think that, you know, if it's not in a, a public comment that people won't see it, but your DMs are continually being monitored as well. There's nothing that happens on social media that the social media gods aren't seeing. So just be mindful of that as well. I don't think that you guys are going around making death threats to people. However, in cases where there are hunting pages, uh, myself included, let's say, for example, you post a picture of an animal that you recently killed. And, you know, you don't say anything necessarily about I killed this animal. Maybe you say, hey, I went out and harvested this animal. This was the hunt. Da, 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 da. What happens then when a, you know, spam account or somebody who just disagrees with your way of life gets on there and says, calls you a murderer and says that you should be killed and all of these things? Well, does not matter that that wasn't your comment. It now is attached to your post. And the algorithm and the, 
you know, the higher ups behind social media isn't a bunch of highly intelligent human beings sitting there deciphering what was right, who was wrong, etc. What happens is the algorithm is continually scanning, the AI is continually scanning what words are used, what hashtags are used, is there harassment going on, what's in the pictures, because there's recognition for that as well. And if you have somebody come to your page and leave an unwanted comment, or something that looks uh, potentially like harassment or harm, that can also put your account on the no-no list. Well, is this fair? Definitely not. But until we have actual human beings running social media, this will not change. And this is why I highly recommend that if you are a hunting uh, business, if you are a personal brand that posts a lot of hunting or shooting pictures, videos, etc., I would really be careful about the hashtags that you're using and even the verbiage that you're using in your comments. Does that suck? Yes. Do we feel like we have to kind of rearrange or restate or refrain from saying some of the things that we want to? Yeah, I think that's where it's going because if you're posting hashtag guns or hashtag shooting, um, this is just going to be something that's going to be really sensitive to social media, especially as we continue to have horrific things like mass shootings and um, continued conversation and controversy over Second Amendment rights and gun control. So those things, I think, are just going to be matters that we have to be sensitive to and really modify how we're approaching and what we're saying, um, because unfortunately, that is not going to get better. Uh, so what can you do if you get shadow banned? Um, you know, it, it's going to be just a, a matter of sticking with it. You can do things like you can write a post and instead of posting a picture or a video, you can use an infographic. So an infographic would be uh, the picture of text that you want to use as your call to action. So maybe you could say like, hey friends, can you see this post? If so, double tap or like or comment below. Um, that I wouldn't ever do personally, but I have seen big accounts and big brands do that periodically once they're being shadow banned. Basically what that's doing is that is bringing traction to the page. So yeah, if you have a loyal follower or people in your community that they're like, hey, yeah, I saw this. Well, what happens is they like it. They might comment with an emoji or yes, I can see this or sucks that happen, you know, whatever. And the engagement that that piece of content that post is bringing can help bring more exposure and more general engagement to your page. Does that ultimately get you off the no-no list? Does that get you out of the shadow band? Not necessarily. And the shadow ban information, like how that actually works, how long it is, is pretty hush-hush. There's a little bit of conflicting information, but if you get on that list, it, you're kind of there until you are basically at the mercy of the social media world. So you might be wondering, like, what is good engagement rate? And it's a really crazy number. It's between one and maybe 5%. If you're putting out a post and per your followers, you're getting between a 1% and a 5% engagement rate, which again, would be things like comments, likes, shares, saves, 
direct messages, uh, mentions, that kind of thing. Um, that's a really good engagement rate. And I think that it's hard sometimes for people to comprehend if you have, you know, 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 followers, but you're not getting that many comments or likes on it or shares, um, like what's going on again, it could be because you're in trouble. It could be because you've built a community that's not very engaged. Um, it could also be because you were not asking for engagement. So if you put out a post and you're simply just sharing an experience or you're posting, you know, what you did last weekend, but you're not really asking people like, Hey, what did you do last weekend? Or, you know, what do you think about X, Y, or Z, then you're not getting anything back because you're not asking for it. So I think that's something to consider as well. Again, whether you're a personal brand or a business or just a creator, if you're not asking for something, you're not going to get it. Social media is not here just lending a hand and engaging and spending the time. People have a very limited uh, attention span when they're online. And we've become this culture and this society of just the scroll. So if it doesn't capture you in like one second, two second, you're going to lose that person and it's just going to be lost in the feed. So if you really want to increase your overall engagement, uh, if you want to learn more about the people who might be following you or joining your community, then I would really work on your call to actions, thinking about things like, could you ask a question? Could you ask a this or that? Could you ask somebody's you know biggest pet peeve? Could you ask Tell me your feeling right now by using five emojis. Yes, you can do all of those things and it will work to get more comments, boost and traction to your overall content, which can be good. Now, I will say that doing that stuff frequently uh, can kind of uh, dilute itself over time. So if you're constantly asking, well, what did you do this weekend? Uh, people might get on, you know, they might not receive that well or over time your engagement can be reduced. Another thing with that, if you're asking a question, if you're trying to engage with your community and you don't follow up and read the comments or acknowledge that they were made or continue the conversations with those people, over time, you will find that that kind of engagement will also come to a little bit of a halt. People don't want to be made felt like they are um, being used. I mean, putting it simply, if they're not getting something back from you, a lot of people won't just continue to come back. So be sure to have authenticity at the forefront of your mind when you are asking for engagement or when you're bringing a call to action. And I think it's really important to, no matter what kind of social media intention you have, to be really authentic. And I think that that's something that has become uh, a world of difference between, you know, pre-2020 and now is we used to look at these Instagram or social media platforms and everything was perfectly written or perfectly pos polished and, and curated and feeds were just looking like, you know, a professional photographer was constantly following people around. And through the... Uh, air quotes, pandemic, uh, we kind of changed what we were wanting to see as consumers and having a more relatable vibe. So you would see things like big brand and big companies go from these perfectly polished, gorgeous photos to a little bit more of like the everyday Joe Blow consumer sharing their uh, video content, their photos, their 
um, reviews. And I think that that has become such a better feel for social media overall. So think about that when you are posting things, you don't have to show up perfectly ever. And um, just be willing to, to, to jump online as you are, you don't need a bunch of filters, you don't need a bunch of crazy thing, authenticity really sells. And, you know, there is this big, I mean, it's almost a buzzword that I cringe to say, because authenticity is like, it's been thrown around like, I mean, crazy amounts. People are talking about it all the time. But I think that there's such a disingenuine intention when people talk about being authentic and almost leveraging vulnerabilities or scars or sometimes even wounds that haven't even built, been healed over um, as their leverage to building community. And I encourage you to think about how you're sharing these kind of vulnerabilities um, in a way that doesn't necessarily exploit things. Um, and I think if you follow what I'm saying, you probably have felt this too before people talking about things like, you know, trauma or uh, depression or mental health. All of those things are great to be openly having conversations about, but don't leverage something if it's not authentic to who you are. And if it's not true to your community, I think that those things can be a disservice to your following and engagement overall. Um, so just play it by ear. And you know, it's always important to have a good feel for who your audience is. And being able to, you know, one, number one, always bring things, share things, talk about things, post things that are what you want to be showing up with online. Because if you're not using social media for, uh, if you're not enjoying how you're doing it, then it just becomes a chore. So whether it's business or not, I think that you have to be able to create things and produce content that also brings you joy. And in doing so, your content will stay a lot more fresh, you will feel more inspired, it will be less of a chore, and it will be more uh, consumed and more appreciated through your followers as well. But if you are going on things like you are all over the place talking about beauty, and then you're talking about hunting, and then you're talking about kids and then you're talking about dogs and then you're talking about traveling. Sometimes there can just be too many things going on on a page. So specifically, if you are a personal brand, or if you're a business, I would say, try to choose a handful of things, three to five that are your staples, that those are the things that you post about in your feed or on your page. If you're following and your community knows what they can expect from you, there will be a lot more of a loyal following that is created. They'll know that they can trust that when you produce something, when you post something, it's going to be you know, within that realm of what your genre is, so to speak. So if you are all over the place, you're probably also going to have a hard time building engagement because people are not necessarily going to be like minded with you. You could have one person that follows you for one thing, two people that follow you for another thing, you know, and so on. And so if you're kind of spreading and diluting your content and who you are and what your business feels like, people will pick up on that. And then your return on investment will be diluted as well. Now, what about things like how often should I post? This is something that I hear frequently. And it's not un unheard of because this recommendation changes quite oftenly. And the algorithms behind social media are always going to be changing. It's never going to stop. It's never going to be an even pace. It's always just going to be as things are developed and come out, the algorithm will adjust accordingly. And there's not just one algorithm. There are several different algorithms for each kind of section of social media. Now, 
should you post once a day, twice a day, every day, every other day, five times, three times, you, you know, it's like the recommendation is pretty wild. If you get on and start reading things or talk to social media experts, um, what I have found very true is Instagram will definitely learn your cadence. So if you're posting three days a week, and then you go to posting five times a week, you're going to see an influx of engagement and then maybe a little stall. So I would be really careful that if you have maybe say you're a business or a personal brand and you have a launch coming out, maybe it's a product or maybe it is a service that you're offering and you want to all of a sudden start ramping up, I would be very cautious because the big shift in posting three days a week to five days a week or whatever you decide to do, that shift in your normal to increased uh, posting can also reduce your overall visibility. So keep that in mind. Whatever you do, you want to do it consistently. And if you want to start posting a little bit more, stories would be a fantastic place to post that. And the general rule is not to overpost in stories. So like if you ever get on and you open up some of these stories and you see like all these little tiny dots across, like that's how many different stories they have. That's a no-no. You don't want to post too many because over time you will just lose people. They'll just be clicking through and all of that content is kind of wasted. You might have a handful of people if you have a loyal uh, community that goes through every single one of those posts uh, in, in your stories. But generally speaking, people kind of want to have the quick hitter so they don't need to see everything that you do in a day and make it just uh, this like progression of your day so if you're going to go say you're going to an event and you want to share them you know show them the event don't just all of a sudden start posting the event maybe say like hey today I'm going to the local county fair and here's what it's going to look like and I just use that example because that is what came up because my kid just went to the fair anyway so you can, you know, give them a story, make it fun, ask polls, ask questions, um, tag, you know, do a geotag if you're, you know, somewhere out and about, because those things can also help you get engagement. Now, the reason uh, social media continually comes out with tools is because they want you to use them. So if you're constantly working to understand and use the new tools like Reels, then you're going to get more engagement because that is what is the priority to social media at the time. So if tomorrow one of your social media platforms comes out with a new tool, jump on it because those are the things that are important to them. Think about it. They just spent a bunch of money and, you know, whether that was through development or they had to create a new part of their platform, they just invested in doing that. And so that's what they're going to want to see people using. So if you follow the trends of what's going on on social media, again, this is probably more important for people who have a personal brand or a business. But if you're following what they're doing, you can sh certainly ride the curtails of those and be able to uh basically ride the waves of engagement. So I would highly suggest that if you have not started doing reels, which is one of the latest uh, changes to Instagram, 
I would try to start dabbling in it. There are so many different ways that you can do this. And in fact, I was talking to a friend of mine who runs a business, a a small but very mighty business. And she said, Courtney, do I have to start doing reels? My answer is no, you don't have to do anything. But if you want to increase your engagement, if you want to get a little bit more traction online, if you want to increase your followers and your community so that you can grow your business overall, I would say most definitely. Her next question was like, well, what do I make reels about? Well, she has a food-based company. So I simply said, show us the backstory. How is the food made? Where does it come from? Um, You can do things, you know, like if you're a coffee shop, what is the number one drink that's always ordered? Okay, maybe it's a mocha. Maybe it's a white chocolate mocha. Run through just a really short four to five second clip with a catchy audio of you making that gorgeously frothy, delicious white chocolate mocha. I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, new, crazy, inventive. It doesn't have to be a big, you know, time commitment to make a reel. And truly, you know, they just released to where, you know, when they first started Reels, it was like 15 seconds and then 30 seconds, and then they allowed 60 seconds. Well, now I believe as of July 2022, you can do a 90 second Reel. Can you use that effectively? Absolutely. But if you're just starting out with a 60 second or a 90 second Reel, you're probably not going to get a ton of traction. Again, thinking about how our minds as consumers work, we have a couple second attention span, and then we're like, poof, dishes, dog, cat, laundry you know, groceries, uh, the next post, you know, swipe, swipe, swipe. So we are constantly being bombarded. So if you're trying to produce long form content, like a 60 to 90 second reel, you're probably not going to get the engagement that you're looking for. So if you're trying to dabble, and you're just trying to start using reels, here is what I would recommend. I would get online right now in your reels. And I would just start scrolling until you find something that either fits your brand, your fits your personality, or that you like. Simply, you like the audio, you like it's humorous, whatever. There's a couple different ways. Now Instagram is allowing you to use the template. So all you would do is you would click use template that gives you the audio and it also automatically will create time slots for your videos or your pictures that are the right time to match the audio that was already created. So if you're not doing that now, it's a really, really easy way to go kind of plug and play and put your own videos into a a pre-designed audio video template. Um, You could also just take one of the funny uh, audios that is already there. You can use that. So maybe it's four to five seconds or it's a peaceful, you know, landscape uh, audio. You can just put your four to five second thing in there. You don't have to go crazy with the captions. You could write a sentence or two about whatever you just posted about with a couple hashtags relevant to what you posted. Now, here's another thing. You might post a picture swimming by a waterfall and then post in your comments or in your caption, you could you know, hashtag 90 different things. Actually, I think the cap is 30, but you could hashtag a bunch of different things, some of them irrelevant to what you posted. Here's another area where you can get a no-no. If you post uh, a picture of a beautiful waterfall and you swimming and you hashtag, um, let's see, beach day. Well, the automatic 
um, the AI behind your social media platform goes through and scanning pictures. And it's like, wait, I don't see, I don't see that there at all. So that automatically puts you into another no, no category. So be sure that you're always using hashtags that are not only relevant to your comment, but also relevant to the picture. If I post a picture of my dog and I hashtag deer hunting, it's not going to look like that is something that is congruent together. So I could potentially be put on a list to be shadow banned or to look like a bot and reduce my overall traction. So really be thinking about those things. Another thing that is crazy to me is the fact that you can also get in trouble on social media for using repetitive hashtags. So say the, you know, I'm going to post on my podcast page and I'm going to post hashtag soul summit podcast. If I'm continually using that hashtag everywhere and on every post, it's also going to look at my page and my my posts as potential spam or bots. So be very careful. I think that's a little bit crazy, um, but be mindful that what you are putting out there isn't something that's going to be getting you in trouble unintentionally. Another way that you can really work on increasing your engagement is to be engaged yourself. And I know I talked about that a little bit already, but um, I think it pretty much goes without saying, except it doesn't, that if you want engagement, you also have to participate. So if you are posting and then ghosting and not coming back to look at comments or to check your DMs, the social media gods that be, whatever you want to call them, the social media will see that. They'll recognize that one, they're not responsive to getting back to DMs. They're not looking at their message requests. They're not engaging with the comments after they posted. So you definitely want to do that. It also matters when you get back to those comments or in the DMs. And this is a little bit of a, a, a tricky area for me because I'm somebody who tries to be very conscious about not spending a ton of time on social media, but I want to be intentional when I am there. So what I do personally is I set aside time. So if I just made a post, um, typically I'll post it and I'll let it go for five to 10 minutes. And once I start seeing comments, if my notifications are turned on, I'll go back in and start reading them liking so that I acknowledge and then also commenting back. And for me, my page personally, what I want to do is I want to get a feel for what other people are doing as well. My page is not just for sharing my experiences. I also want to learn from other people. I want to see what they're doing and I want to be inspired by my friends uh, and followers online. So I will get back and for example, uh, I'll post a piece of content that maybe has a short reel and then I'll ask, you know, hey, it was great to check out over the weekend and go camping with the family. What did y'all do? And, you know, I'll get people that say, you know, went here, went there, did this, did that. And I, I want to get back to them. For one, I legitimately want to know what they're doing because do I need to do it too? Um, I'm always looking for new adventures. So, you know, if somebody says, yeah, I just went bow fishing on the Snake River, you know, I want to talk, I will have questions. So feel free and highly recommend using this area in the comments when you're engaging pe with people to continue the conversation. Try if you can to just shy away from, and certainly only do this if you're really wanting to build community. Don't do this disingenuously, but you can use the comments to continue conversations, much like Facebook. If you go to a Facebook feed, and you look through the comments, a lot of times these are going to be like a few sentences to a paragraph of people conversing back and forth. Your Instagram can be used in the same way, and it would also behoove you to do so because 
it will build your engagement. I would also say it can be really helpful to engage with other accounts. So not just the people who are coming to your page and commenting on your posts or sharing your videos or liking everything that you do. Spread the love, go around, find other accounts that are similar to you that share interests or passions and start seeing what other people are doing. Engage with them, share their content that resonates with you, um, whether that's in your stories or you're going to you know, tag them in your post. Those kind of things can definitely work to build more unity and also increase your overall engagement. The number one mission for social media platforms is monetization. So making money off of the consumer, us, and also getting people to stay on their platforms longer. So if you are posting uh, and in your caption, you're saying, hey, go to my YouTube channel and watch this video, which I'm totally guilty of. It's not going to be recognized as a priority on that social media platform because you are trying to call people away from the platform. So be really cautious of that. You can have lots of posts that talk about anywhere you're trying to push people, whether that's through a YouTube video or go to see your blog or check out your website. But be careful how you're doing it because you certainly don't want social media to see that you're calling people off of the platform and for you to get in trouble because of that. So then you might be asking, well, like, how do I get people to go watch the video or check out the blog if I can't talk about it? That's not what I'm saying. You certainly can. But it should be one of those pillars. If you're a blogger or if you are a YouTube video producer or if you've got some other things going online that you want to share that are off social media, you can definitely talk about it. But what I would recommend is making it one of those pillars or one of those themes that you frequently put into your social media page. So for me, I run the podcast. So every week or so, I try to make a post talking about the podcast, letting people know whether they are a newcomer or maybe they just didn't see one of the previous posts that, hey, there's a new podcast episode out or, hey, look, coming on August 1st, we're dropping a new YouTube video. So those things, if they're frequently talked about, people will become uh, recognized. That will become a, a recognizable thing about you and will help you increase the traction that you can get to those other pieces of content that you're producing as well. So that can be really helpful. And Overall, if you are a business or you're building a personal brand, these things can help just share other media outlets as well. So if you're producing on YouTube or if you're hosting a blog on your website, talking about it on your blog, talking about it on social media, talking about it wherever you show up can help build that brand recognition, which over time can help you grow more, build more community. And if you're a business, increase your sales. There are so many different tips and things to know about social media that I would love to talk about. But one of the main reasons that I really wanted to record this episode about social media was after waking up and having my social media disabled, I was like, what in the actual hell just happened? I had not had any previous violations or had posted anything outside of my normal content outdoors, hunting, education, women empowerment. And it was really odd to me that 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 had happened. So I went through the process and I fought it. I did the appeals. I ended up working with uh, an agency that went to bat for me, actually went to the uppers in the European Facebook community. Um, 
and got it back for me. I still don't know exactly what happened, but it said that I was suspended for uh, violating community guidelines, which they actually said, no, you didn't violate community guidelines. So anyway, it, it prompted me to want to talk about social media a little bit more openly. And of course, so uh, I've done this for several years, but I do freelance marketing for outdoor companies, as I said a little bit ago. And it's really important that whether I'm working with you or you're working with somebody else or you're not working with anybody and you're doing it on, on your own, that these small businesses, you know, sometimes big businesses, but what I see is these up and coming mom and pop shops uh, wanting to build more of a presence online. So one, they can engage, increase their customers and of course, increase their their revenue. And that's really important because I'm very passionate about the outdoor industry, the hunting community. And I want to see so many of these companies and, you know, whether it's an archery shop or it's uh, you're producing a new product or you're trying to streamline things for hunters and outdoorsmen. I think it is so great. And I want to see all of these companies rise, but there are definitely ways to go about it that could help you be a little bit more productive and efficient with the time that you're spending on social media so if you have questions, please, please, please let me know. You can either send them to me on social media at Her Outdoor Journey or on the podcast page. It's Soul Summit Media. Um, I would love to just answer any of the questions that you have. There's so much that we could talk about, so many actual um, actionable tactical tips and, you know, how to's on maybe how to produce your first reel or how to start building that engagement. But Regardless of how we're using social media, I think it is really important to remember that if you are doing this to uh, build a clientele or customers or potential buyers for a product or service that you have, you do not own any of the people that follow your social accounts. So I would highly, highly, highly recommend focusing on on email capture. Whether you are going to um, send email marketing letters, or if you are going to do newsletters or po post or host giveaways, I would always make sure that you are focusing on owning, so to speak, your potential customer or client. You do not, again, own the people who are following you online. So the best way to ensure that you're able to either promote products or sales or educate people. If for some reason your social media was to disappear or social media disappears uh, in the blink of an eye, you can still access these people. You can get in contact with them, whether you're doing social media marketing or maybe some SMS marketing, which I think is really hot right now. Um, but being able to contact them if everything goes away is highly important. So that's something that we can probably roll into talking about in the future. But for now, I'm going to wrap it up and just say, I hope that you are using social media in a way that brings you joy, that helps you find new friends, that ignites your passions and that keeps you inspired. If it is not, maybe take a break. I don't know. Social media isn't for everybody. And I think that we live in a day and age where so much is, um, it's so much of our life is wrapped up in social media, whether it's just posting um, our, our day to day, what we had to eat, our new puppy. Um, but keep it real, you guys. Be authentic and have fun with it because if you're not, 
it comes out in the long run and really probably just a total waste of time if we're really not that inspired with it. Despite there being negativities to using social media, I really think it's a valuable tool for us, especially as business owners or small personal brands. And um, it's something that if you're not doing now, I would highly consider you don't have to be a master of it. You can dabble with it. You can learn the new tools. And there's always ways that you can learn and evolve with it. And they say 74% of Americans are more likely to trust somebody with an established brand. So that does not necessarily mean a business. If you have a creator account, if that is something that's established with a good amount of engaged followers, people are 74% more likely to trust you, which is absolutely crazy. And they say that 58% of Americans, which is like six out of 10, are willing to spend more money with people they trust. So if you're a personal brand that also has a product or a service, hey, you could be doing good. Anyway, there's so much more. Let me know if you have questions. Send them over to uh, me over on Instagram at Her Outdoor Journey. Um, you can also head over and check out our website, heroutdoorjourney.com. There's lots of stuff, including announcements for upcoming camps and events, uh, also the blog, and then you can find all of the latest podcast episodes there as well. Hopefully today's episode was helpful in helping you understand how to use social media. Once again, thank you for tuning into the show. We hope that your cup is full and you're ready to embrace your untamable vibe. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a favor? Help us grow our audience by sharing your favorite episode on social media, sending the episode to a friend and leaving us a review online. We love to hear from you. One more thing, be sure to press that subscribe button and never miss a weekly episode. See you next week.